And as I checked my Facebook, everybody had deleted me. Everybody meaning the ones that were close to her. The preacher brother-in-law has me blocked. What? You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 212 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Did everybody survive Father's Day? Yeah, it was interesting some of the posts that were in our Facebook group. For instance, should I get my significant other a gift for Father's Day? From his kids. Okay. And some of them would say, should I take the kid to go get something? He didn't acknowledge me for Mother's Day. (laughs) That's irrelevant. Or Stepmother's Day. And here's the thing, and this should apply to anything you do in life. Is it going to hurt you to do it? And will it make somebody else feel better? Good rules to live by. You're doing it for your significant other, not for the stepkid. Right. And if you don't have a good relationship with the stepkid, you can always say, hey, when you get a chance, see if you can find something on Amazon you want to give your dad for Father's Day and send me the link and I'll order it. Mm -hmm. And give him a dollar amount. One dollar. That way, you don't have to take them anywhere. You don't have to interact a whole lot. You just tell them, hey, go to Amazon, get the link, send it to me. Mm-hmm. Amazon's awesome, people. Well, I'm, I mean, I've had times where I went and just got something and said, this is from the kids, or this is from your kid, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on their age. Yes. And things like that. So um, there's been times where, you know, your kid's like, well, I don't mean, I don't really know where to get her, so I'm not planning on getting her anything. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well then, you know, I can help you with that. Here's some options. Or I'll just get her something and say it's from you. Mm -hmm. Now, that may or may not be a a discussion I have with your kid. I may just do it. Again, depending on the age. Right. But even if he was 13, I might do it. And I'll say, hey, this is from Jackson. Now, he could go, that's not from me. Or he, <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> or he could say, huh, that was pretty nice of David to do that. And, this, you know, either way, I can't lose, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I got you a Father's Day card from Jackson. Mm-hmm. Well, actually from me. And it said, Nacho Papa. <laughs> and it said, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so I had to get that one. But I just put... Thanks for being an awesome stepdad to Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then Jackson comes home from his dad's yesterday, and he gives you a card. He sure did. And so did his girlfriend. She sure did. It was awesome. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I was reading his card, Jackson's card, and I'm like, this is like really mushy stuff. Like, I love you, and you're the best. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> wait a minute. And then he says, it was the last card they had. <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes more sense. 
I mean, he did, he did right in there, you know, thanks for being an awesome stepdad, but just the rec, the rest of the card was not him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause he would normally get a funny card. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't have been that way. Sappy. So I, yeah. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got my dad a card and I forgot to mail it. <laughs> <clears throat> you can give it to him next. I next mailed it time. today. I oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll be surprised. <laughs> Yeah. So, are you still a good father? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I was very proud of the boy and the girlfriend for acknowledging you. Yep. And a couple of my kids came over mm-hmm. and visited, so that's always good. I had one of my kids said, um, what would you like for you to get you for your Father's Day? And he was here, and I'm like, this is, this is it. Like, you coming to see me, I don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. It means a lot. That's more important. Yeah. Well, you took time out of your day. I mean, plus you have a family and all that. You did, you know, you took all that aside and said, I'm going to see my dad. Mm-hmm. So that means more to me than anything. So. Yep. So we know Father's Day has passed. Thankfully. And I say that because the next big holiday that step parents have to worry about. Fourth of July. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, though, because of the schedules. I know. We can't get the kid for fireworks because it's BM's time or BioDad's time or whatever. Yeah. Plus, July 4th is on a Tuesday. Ugh. Yeah. And you have to go to work on the 5th. Well, not just that, but like Monday's technically not part of the holiday. Right. So those that get extended weekends aren't going to get that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, I think my court paper said, like every other year, I would have Jackson. But I think when his dad had him, he still had to be home like at 7. Mm-hmm. If it was his year for July 4th or whatever. But, yeah. So we got July 4th coming. That's your next one. And then... Halloween? Well, Labor Day. Yeah. Halloween. And then... The dreaded November, December. (laughs) The dreaded (laughs) big ones. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that yet. Nope. (laughs) We don't want to stress you out ahead of time. Yeah. We don't want to stress you out. Calm down. Enjoy your summer with your stepkids there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, And if you are planning a vacation with your stepkids, we do have a course in the academy to help you with that. Mm -hmm. There's lots of courses in the academy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just one. Too bad we can't do. Too bad we can't do courses or prescriptions, whichever you need. (laughs) (laughs) We should have like the Nacho Kids Pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) The only drug we have is Xanax. (laughs) Oh, and Valiums. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy and ADD medicine for your stepkids <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow I have thought about doing a care package for stepmoms I've thought about this for a while but I keep getting little things pop in my head so I'm going to come up with oh, something I, oh I remember one time you brought that up and somebody said something about it had to include a bottle of wine or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh boy Pawpaw's doing good for those of you that have asked. We appreciate you checking on Pawpaw. I didn't know people asked. Yeah. And today when he came over, 
I told him to be careful on the front porch because <laughs> it was wet because it was raining. And I've slipped on that porch several times. This is really slick. And he looked at me like I was stupid. Well, he does not want anybody to treat him like he's old. He's probably had, what is this, two weeks now since the, the incident? Yeah. So he's had probably had two weeks of everybody telling him, be careful, don't do this, don't do that. Watch yeah. yourself. Yeah. And we need our grass cut, too, but I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I am. As soon as we get finished with this week-long rain happening, <laughs> I'm like, look, I got a defibrillator. You come cut my grass. David. <laughs> David's horrible, in case y'all didn't know. <laughs> but anyway, we do still have scholarships for the Nacho Kids Academy. If you are interested in applying for a Nacho Kids scholarship, which will give you one free month of the Nacho Kids Academy, go to nachokids.com slash scholarships and apply there. Sweet. Sweet. Or as I like to call it, the No Excuses Scholarship. No Excuses Scholarship. That's right. All right. Our guest today is Terry. She is a Christian stepmom who is also a counselor, a relationship therapist. So, David, I've made an appointment with her. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, go ahead. I'm, I feel like it'll, hap- it'll happen kind of like it did when we went to marriage counseling. <laughs> I'll sit there, and she'll talk to you the whole time about all the things that you need to do differently. Yeah. That's it. That's what it'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your last Father's Day, David. See? See what I mean? <laughs> Y'all got that, folks. She's threatening me. Yep. Make sure she don't get any of that life insurance. <laughs> the hardest part of blending for her was lack of respect after their mother passed away. Ooh, that's a tough one. We often talk about the bio mom in the picture or the mm-hmm. bio dad, but we rarely have guests that the bio mom has passed away. Mm-hmm. And it really has an impact on these kids. I mean, you know it would, but how it affects that step-parent relationship with the kid is something that I don't think people understand. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's almost like, you know, I know, I know that you didn't displace my mom, but you're still not supposed to be here. Right. You're here and my mom's not. Yep. Yep. It's just a reminder. Yeah. And then everything you do that's nice for that kid, they're like, but my mom's supposed to be doing this for me. Right. And they and there's a lot of resentment there. And it has nothing to do with you, stepmom. Mm-hmm. And she met the stepkids when they were 20 and 22. They weren't young. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it still affected their relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, everyone unfriended and blocked her on Facebook. I've done that before. <laughs> I have too, but. And everybody been unfriended or blocked by somebody at some point. <laughs> yeah, but you, you need to listen to this. That's what yeah. you need to listen to. Yeah. yeah. I am. As soon as you stop talking. Okay, David. <laughs> well, let's get to listening. Today, we have stepmom Terry. Hey, Terry, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Now, you are not just a stepmom. You are a relationship therapist. Yes, for 21 years. And how long have you been blending? have been blending for 20 years. Wow. Long time. 
Yes, it is. Tell us a little bit about your blend as far as how old the stepkids are and when you met them, how things were and things like that. Okay. When I met them, they were 20 and 22 years old. So they were already adults. They were adults, but they were very immature adults. Mm -hmm. And now they are 40 and 42. And what was your relationship like with them in the beginning? In the beginning, um, the son was close to his mom, but the daughter was very close with her dad. So she became very close to me. And matter of fact, she lived with us. Both of them actually lived with us several times during the 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so that went well at the time? It did. It went really, really well. The daughter actually called me mom for nine years. Wow. How was her relationship with her mom at the time? Her relationship with her mom was not good at all. Her mom was a very volatile person Mm -hmm. um, and had some issues with drugs and alcohol and did not uh, bond well with the daughter. Therefore, the daughter looked toward me as being her mom and even introduced me to her friends as this is my mom. However, I had told her also, I'm not your mom, but if you want to call me mom, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did, did it make you feel good when she called you mom? It did because I knew that she needed that bond because that's a nurturing bond that everybody needs. And when we don't have it, we usually search for it. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure it was hard for them with their mom having the issues she had. It was. The son, I think, tried to rescue her. The daughter just stayed away from her because she was very volatile Mm -hmm. with the daughter. She would beat up on her or slap her or, you know, because she just uh, didn't care for her. Yeah. Which was sad. Yeah, that's horrible. So I made it a point to, even when she wasn't living with us, and she she did for several years, I made it a point to talk with her every day by phone or text, and we met for lunch once a week. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I maintained um, a good nurturing relationship with her. Yeah. And... The mom ended up passing away. Yes. I would say, gosh, I have been married to their dad now for 20 years. So she has been gone for 12 years. And that changed things a little bit, huh? Yes. It changed things uh, dramatically. Where the son, before she passed away, The son had a good relationship with us, and he actually lived with us uh, for a year, about three years ago, while while he was having some relationship issues. And um, so he lived with us, and everything was was great. Then when the mom passed away, the mom was seeing, was separated for domestic assault with her husband at the time. Okay. And was seeing someone else, and they were at bike week in Florida and she fell in the shower and hit her head 
and um, ended up having a huge blood clot removed. And the daughter called me and said, what do we do? I got this call from this man that said she was mom's boyfriend and that she had had brain surgery. Oh, gosh. And And she called you instead of her dad. Well, she called both of us, actually, separately. And I told her to, um, I said, well, what you, she said, what do we do? And I said, you need to go get your brother and drive to Panama City and um, assess the situation and then call me and your dad and let us know what we can do to help. So she drove down there. Halfway, they called and said, we don't know how to do this. We don't know what to do. Can you all please come? And uh, I could not come because I had her son who had visitation with his dad at the time that I had to take him to. It was a supervised visitation. And uh, I said, but I will send your dad, you know, and, and he was willing to go. I talked to him about it. So we bought an airline ticket and uh, he flew down there and met them at the hospital. And they discussed the situation and they talked about it and they took a full day of just being together. And um, I'm really not sure what happened, what all happened in that hospital room. However, at the end of the day, they did decide to go ahead and take her off of life support. So and then they drove back home together. Yeah. And that's a hard decision to make. It really was. Um, and it's a hard decision for a child, I would say, who was an adult at the time. But it's a hard decision to make for somebody that you were not that close to. Right. Yeah. And then with that comes all kind of feelings. Yes. I yes. know my relationship with my mom wasn't the best throughout the years. But it's funny because if I was sick, I wanted my mom. But mm-hmm. I'm a daddy's girl. And my mom and I just butted heads constantly. But after she died, I had a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. from the lack of relationship that we had. Because it wasn't all her. Mm -hmm. I knew that I contributed a lot to that. But you can't go back and fix those things. And, And it's not like I intentionally came out from... It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I chose him over her. It's just we just had a better connection. And yeah. so, again, you can't change that stuff. But no. the, the best thing you can do is realize that the relationships you have with people can't be forced. No. And I think that's exactly what happened with her is – um that she grieved the loss because she did have some guilt and shame. Oh, I'm sure. And therefore her attitude toward her mom totally changed. Mm -hmm. And that affected our relationship, her relationship with me, because at the time for the last nine years, I was mom. I was on this pedestal and she was not. Yeah. But when she passed away, that relationship totally reversed itself and she became mom of the year and the daughter had to figure out what am I going to do now to get Terry off the pedestal? Right. And so when they won't just go away, which when you're um, 
entangled and enmeshed in each other's lives, it's hard to just tell somebody, I want you to go away, mm-hmm. um, that I don't need you anymore. Right. Um, but that is exactly what she did. She had a meeting. Oh, and this is part of the bad part as well. And we were leading worship. My husband and I were leading worship at a church. And um, she came. My brother's, my uh, husband's brother was the pastor of the church. So she went to my brother, my husband's brother, my brother-in-law and his wife and start. And I really don't know what she was saying to them. But I looked over at her once and she was talking to my sister-in-law and she said, see what I mean? (gasps) Because I had asked for her son's football schedule. Yeah. Can you get me, can you get us the football schedule? So we'll know when his games are. And she leaned over to her and said, see what I mean? And I caught that. So I knew something was going on. So she had been talking to them about, about, I don't know what, Mm -hmm. but she no longer wanted me in her life. So my brother-in-law called a meeting with her and her new, her new boyfriend and who was uh, a, a drug addict. And um, we met, my husband and I met with my brother-in-law, and he told me that I needed to stay away from her, that she no longer needed me in her life, and I, need, I needed to leave her alone. He got down on one knee with his finger in my face, and he said, you need to leave her alone. Wow. I was flabbergasted. I said, I have not done anything but love that child. Right. And he said, well, obviously not. So I don't know what kind of lies were being told. And there was also a struggle over my husband and I had a life insurance policy on her. And when we got married, I had paid that policy for about five years and then we got some kind of a renewal, which broke it down. Mm-hmm. And, and it was two policies. And I said, obviously, we have been paying for her policy as well. And he said, well, it looks like we have been. He said, well, she's, she's not going to pay it. And he was the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. I said, let's just keep it. Let's just keep paying it. So we kept paying it. And there was a payoff of $100,000. Well, the daughter held that against me. And that was part of the slander that was going around the community. And she said, uh, that $100,000 should have been mine. And my husband and I explained to her, but you're not the beneficiary on it. And you didn't pay the premiums. Right. And so the brother-in-law did tell her, no, you really don't have a right to that policy. That was his my husband's. It's not mine. It's my husband's. Right. But the slanderous part of it was in going through the community is that I was a thief, that I stole that money from her. Mm-hmm. In the process, and during this process, I was writing a book. And my publisher said, Does anybody have anything against you? And I said, Well, the only issues that I know of that I have that are that concerning are with my stepchildren. And she asked me about it and I told her, and she said, I will not publish your book. Really? Mm -hmm. 
And I said, why is that? And she said, because if you're sitting at a book signing. And, and they, they come up and act crazy. And they come up and act crazy. That puts the publishing company at risk. Wow. I understand. So a lot's happened when, so as soon as their mother passed away, he was there with them. I was at home planning a funeral. I planned a funeral for her that was fit for a queen. Because the way I see life is we are called to love. We're not takers. We're called to love. Love everybody, no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. And so I had always loved her unconditionally, the mother, hoping that she would make the changes that she needed to make so that they could have a better relationship with her. Mm -hmm. And that she would stop being so mean to me as well. Right. That was secondary to them having a good relationship with their mom, because I realized how important it is for children to have their mom and their dad. Yes. Security-wise, no matter what the relationship looks like, mom is Superman. I mean, dad is Superman and mom is Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Because of that innate soul bond that we have in our heart for our birth parents. Yeah. But that did not happen until she passed away. And so the daughter continued to slander my name. Now this has been now 12 years ago. Yeah. And the relationship has not gotten better. But do you think that that's because she feels extremely guilty for calling you mom and liking you more than her own mom? So when her mom died, she's taking out the guilt that she feels on you. Yes, absolutely. It's called relational ambivalence. Relational ambivalence. Mm -hmm. And what is the proper definition of that? Where, let me see if I can say this right, where there is a person that you are at odds with, the reality through guilt and shame reverses that situation to where they become something, they rewrite the script in their mind. Mm -hmm. And that person becomes something they really were not. But somebody else has to pay the price for that. Yes. And in this scenario, that was me. Mm -hmm. But what they did not understand is unless we constantly, I'm a Christian and, and through my Christian walk, we constantly have to work on our sanctification process, Mm -hmm. meaning our maturity. And if we do not mature in Christ, we will have trouble in this life because we are always called to love. Do you still love her? Absolutely. And I have forgiven her. And that's hard to do. It it is until you understand and have trained your heart to love. Mm -hmm. You know, the heart is innately wicked. We have to train it to be good. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've had to do. And how I do that is I listen to Moody Radio. When I'm in the car going somewhere, Moody Radio is on my radio station. Moody? Moody Radio, where I'm either listening to a Christian podcast or Edwin Lutzer or 
many, many of the great Tony Evans, of the great um, speakers. I keep my mind totally where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't let it stray. And if you stay consumed, from in my case, if you stay consumed in God's word, you will be Christ-like. But the minute you step into darkness, the darkness will try to overtake the light. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that I have been able to first forgive them. And for me, it really wasn't a process. It was an absolute because that's who I am. I forgave them. And and I told her she did call me a couple of years ago and attempted to apologize. That's good. Uh Uh-huh. And she said, I hope you will forgive me. I said, I've already forgiven you. I said, but let me tell you what this has done for me. You know, and scripture says, all things work together for good for those who know the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the good things in life and the bad things in life are necessary because as we live in life, we will always have struggles. It's what do you do with the struggles? Mm-hmm. You know, a diamond was a piece of coal at one time. And after it was refined and a lot of pressure put on it, it turned into this beautiful stone. And that's the way our lives are. So we have to constantly work on who we are. So I work on who I am according to who I belong to. But also I'm constantly being refined by the traumas in life and the bad things. And that has made me who I am. So that I don't worry about things in life. You know, if you go to the back of the book, you know that we win in the end. And that Mm -hmm. takes a lot of pressure off. But in order for us to have peace, joy, hope, and contentment in life, we have to be who we know we are supposed to be. Loving, kind, caring, and understanding people. And so I told her, now I said, now this is the exciting part. What has happened between us has helped so many people. Yeah. Because so many people go through the problems that you and I have gone through and other issues, but there is hope. And there is hope for a better today and a better tomorrow. And the good thing is each morning, everything is renewed. It's brand new and we can start over. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important not to go to bed with any hate, hatefulness, or any problems on your mind. Resolve it that day. Right. And I to ask her, I said, if there's ever a problem in the future, please come to me. Don't go to the pastor. Don't go to your uncle. Don't go to your friends. Come to me and let's work through it so we can both have peace, joy, hope, and contentment in life. And keep our relationship restored. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call me mom. I still love you despite. I love you because of who you are. And that you are first the daughter of the king. And second, you are my husband's daughter. Mm -hmm. So I will always love you despite how you feel about me. And I know that was a long answer to your question. No, that's good. I like that. So she called you and y'all had this conversation. Yes. Did things get better after that? 
they did. They got better. Um, they came for Christmas that year. And, um, but one thing I know, this was in November. This was two years ago when she called me. When they came for Christmas, I noticed her sitting across the room. I was talking with her daughter. We have six grandchildren with the son and the daughter, and they adore us. So the daughter, uh, how old was the daughter at the time? She was seven at the time. And I bought her a journal and it lit up, you know, it had a little button you could push and it would light up. And she was so excited about what we had gotten her for Christmas. So she was sitting talking to me and I noticed her mom across the room, maybe 10 feet away, glaring at me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, uh oh. <laughs> so fast forward. To the spring. In the spring, I saw one of her friends at a soccer game for one of my grandchildren. And um, I went up to her and said, hello. And I said, just so you know, I'm not the wicked witch that people thought I was. Right. And then we went into conversations about her mother, who I knew that pre- passed away from breast cancer 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, about she was telling me her dad had remarried. It was a wonderful conversation. There was not anything derogatory said about my stepdaughter at all. Mm-hmm. So I get home and she said, I'll tell her that I saw you. I said, great. So I get home and, I, and my husband and I both get a text from the daughter that said, I understand you were talking to my best friend today about me. (laughs) And I sent her a message back and I said, I did talk with her, but we did not talk about you. And she would not believe that. So what that means to me as a seasoned therapist, a relationship specialist, is that I really can't have a relationship with you because if I honor my mother, my mother would not want me to have a relationship with you. Right. So that relational ambivalence kicked in again. At that point, I, I did text her back and I said, I did not say anything towards you at all. Matter of fact, I did tell her that her dad and I were very proud of the progress that she was making. hmm so that all of that to say, when people create an ally bucket, crow doesn't taste good. Right. So whatever the friend had heard from her, the friend created a perception of who I was. And it wasn't the nice person that was talking to her at the time. Right. So she went back to her and guess who I talked to today? You kind of get the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that relational ambivalence is still there. So at that point, I asked her, I said, will you meet with me? And let's talk about this and work through it. And I said, I would like for your friend to come as well. Who, who I knew the friend with. Right. She said, no, I don't need to meet with you. I just want you to know that I'm done with you. And that my children are done with you. None of us want to have anything to do with you. So uh, that was in like March of a couple of years ago. So I 
sent my grandson a happy birthday. I always have to remind my husband of birthdays. You know how men are. They don't mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, it's his birthday today. Let's send him a text. So my husband sent him a text and then I sent him a text. Happy birthday. We love you. Come see us. Mm -hmm. He was 17 at the time. He's 19 now or will be 19 this year. I said, uh, he told me, he said, I got a text back. Love you, Papa. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Papa. I did not get anything back. Really? And as I checked my Facebook, everybody had deleted me. Everybody meaning the ones that were close to her. The preacher brother-in-law has me blocked. What? Yes. The preacher brother-in-law has me blocked. There's certain temperaments that don't like to be told, maybe you're wrong. Right. The son deleted me off of Facebook. Oh, the son did too? Yes, the son did. And the daughter's mother-in-law deleted me off Facebook. All of of these were supposedly Christians, God-fearing people. So, all of that to say, this has not been resolved. And when I sent the son a happy birthday, he said, love you, dad. And, and they have sent him several messages, you know, that they love him. They want a relationship with him, but he will not have a relationship with them and exclude me. He says, I know who you are. I know the kind, caring, loving person that you are and that you didn't do anything to him. Right. However, when it first happened, what, 10 years ago, 10, 11, 12 years ago, when it all first happened, he questioned me and like, what did you do to her? Because they were so close. Yeah. She was a daddy's girl. She she could do no wrong. And finally, we got to the point of, of very close to divorce. And I said, there's one thing I want you to do. And then if this doesn't work for you, we'll go our separate ways. And you can be with your kids and I can be with mine. We've been married about 10 years at this point. Uh-huh. And I said, I want you to pray about this and ask God to show you the truth. And so as uh, he was around them more, we were still leading worship at this time. We're going back to when she first passed away. Mm-hmm. We're still leading worship. And he started watching and he noticed the behavior of the daughter. And then he came to me one day. Well, matter of fact, we were sitting in a church service and it was a meeting about taking over the women's ministry there at the church. And I had told the brother-in-law pastor that I would be glad to take it over because I traveled with Beth Moore, Kay Arthur and Priscilla Shower. Patsy Claremont is a mentor of mine. So that's part of my calling. Mm-hmm. is to teach women. And this young girl gets up in front of the congregation, which is a small congregation. It's a homeless population, pretty much. And she says, well, there's nobody else to take over the women's ministry. So I, I guess I will be doing it. And my husband looked at me because he knew I had told Brother Pastor that I would be willing to take it over. Right. And, and do it. 
he looked at me and he said, after today, we will not be back here. And I said, it's okay, really. Because for me, life is not what happens to me, not what I get, however I was hurt. But life is about what I give. And I said, it's okay. I'm okay with it. We can continue to serve. He said, not here. We can't. Yeah. We are of no value in this church. So why serve? Mm-hmm. And I said, you're absolutely right. We walked out that day and did not return to lead worship. We left our equipment and everything. He said, I'll come back during the week and pick up all of our speakers, monitors, microphones, everything. And that's what he did. We didn't go back. And that's when he learned, you're absolutely right. So let's back up a second. Okay. The stepson, Mm -hmm. he was really close to his mom anyway. Mm -hmm. Did y'all have a decent relationship at least before she passed away? We did. We actually had a really good relationship because he lived with us for a year. Right. And then... Take care of his daughter, picked her up from school, you know. Yeah, and then after mom died, things changed with him too, or do you think it was pressure from the stepdaughter? It was definitely pressure from the stepdaughter. Um, It was the lies and the slander that turned him in the other direction, because at first he said, I don't understand why she's upset with you. Mm -hmm. You're not mom. Right. You're a totally different person, and, and you're a good woman, and I hope I find somebody and have a good relationship like you and my dad had. But eventually the daughter got to him. That's how the enemy works, unfortunately. But, and that's why I'm talking about the sanctification process of maturity. We have to be mature enough ourselves to recognize what is of the enemy and what is our own perceptions and perspectives that have been developed from things that have been said from other people that were guided and directed by the enemy. So he turned a couple of years ago, but only up until a couple of years ago. He turned in her direction, made a turn away from me and took sides Yeah, with the sister. And, you know, the sibling bond is strong. It's, it's the one in life that you've been with the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine how hard this is on your husband. Oh, it's extremely hard. And I told him, I said, if you want to have a relationship with him, go ahead. I understand. And he said, no, I don't. Because I cannot stand the way that they are treating you. They were taught better. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to turn my back on you and be with them. And I kept telling the daughter, I said, please be careful about the decisions that you are making because it affects a lot of people. It affects the brother pastor and his wife. Mm-hmm. It affects our whole side of that, that side of the family, my husband's family, which we got together for Thanksgiving and Christmas of every year. And now since 2020, we don't mm-hmm. anymore because there's a lot of tension. And they don't want to, I don't know, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to understand at times why people act the way they do. Yeah. And uh, even the pastor brother told me at one time, well, the spirit is telling me something different. I said, then you need to be extremely careful with what spirit you're listening to. 
because I am telling you that I have done nothing to harm her. But right. see, none, they were never telling me what was said. Mm-hmm. And my husband has met with her two or three times in the past 10 years and said, please tell me, what is it that she has done to you? And I said, and what did she say? He said, she didn't say anything. She just sat there quiet mm-hmm. because there isn't anything. Right. So the sun turned uh, in the last two years against me as well. I feel very, very bad for my husband because he has no relationship with his family anymore. And that's that's somewhat depressing for him. Right. He said, but I'm not going to allow any of them to treat you the way that they're treating you. Yeah. My obligation is with you. And I and I told her, be careful how you handle this. And she said, quit threatening me with a relationship with my dad. If he's not big enough to basically come up against you, then that's on him. Wow. And then at Christmas, you know, he gets a text from her, you know, miss you, love you, just know that I love you. And he didn't respond. You know, behavior doesn't change until it hurts too bad not to. So at this point, after making repair attempts for 10 years, we shut it down. I said, the boundary is we do not contact them. Now, if I, I am open, and I think he is too. But he says, I don't want to hear from them. I would just rather put it in a box, put the lid on, forget about it. I said, well, as a Christian, I am open to a conversation. So how many times do you forgive? 70 times seven, which means we are to constantly forgive people and let them make it right. So I said, I'm willing to have that conversation. And for them to say again, I'm sorry, and I want to be a part of the family. You know, I miss you. I want to, you know, they don't even have to miss me, but I know they miss him. Right. He was a huge part, a good part of their life. Does he see the grandkids? No, we don't. We're not allowed to see the grandkids anymore. Oh, that's horrible. Yes. So they have been robbed of that privilege of having grandparents. Right. They have the one grandmother where she married you know, the drug addict, that mother, and she's the one that is around the grandkids a good bit. Yeah. You know, they, that's their grandmother, so to speak. I think they're gonna, going to get older, and the little ones will wonder what happened, but the oldest one has been brainwashed already to think that I'm a bad person. And it all stemmed from me talking with that friend at the ballpark wow where nothing was bad at all but the friend's perception from what the daughter told her she tried to turn it into something bad did part of you not want to reach out to the friend and say i did what's wrong with you i did reach out to her oh i hear you and uh i sent her a text and i told her i said you were absolutely wrong in what you did and that there was nothing derogatory said at all. And you know that. And she just said, well, I felt like maybe uh-huh. it was a stab at her. But I said, but there wasn't anything to take a stab at. Right. 
And she just ruined the relationship y'all were trying to rebuild. She did. Mm -hmm. She did. But it obviously was not strong anyway. Or she, the daughter, would have gone back and said, first of all, yes, I'll be glad to meet with you and the friend. Mm -hmm. Or she wouldn't have believed the friend. Right. And see, I don't really know what the friend said. But it must have been bad enough that she made that text. And then the older grandson, who was 17 at the time, he has has nothing to do with me anymore either. Wow. that's, That's the bad thing about gossip and slander. And that's exactly why God says, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But can you see how the enemy interjects? Because here I'm known as a Christian counselor. When you've got somebody like that in your life, the enemy is going to do everything he can to cause dissension and separation because yeah. he does not want God's, you know, God's world to develop. You know, he wants to rule. He wants things his way. But that's why we have to be strong enough in who we are according to who we belong to and work on our sanctification and our maturity. To know that we know that we know who we are according to who we belong to. I hate this for you and your husband because it's not only affecting y'all mm-hmm. and the kids, but the grandkids. And then there's going to be great grandkids. And, yeah. and the whole relationship on my husband's side of the family. Yeah. Some believe it. Some don't. Some don't know what to believe. Right. But at Christmas one year, before all this really got going, right, like right after when the mother died, I took some of her clothes. Actually, I went with them to clean out her apartment. And I took some leather pants that she had and I cut them and made pillows out of them, memory pillows. Uh And I kept the pockets on the back of the pants. And so I took a picture of them with their mother. And made frames, copied the uh, pictures off onto fabric and made a little fabric picture frame. So inside the pocket on those pillows, they can pull out a picture of them with their mom. Oh, and one of my husband's my husband's only sister before she passed away. She said, that is the sweetest gift of love that I think I have ever seen. So I was constantly doing for them. Right. But then I videoed it because I had a feeling I wanted to see what their reaction was going to be. So when she opened this gift and everybody saw, she she kind of pushed it over to her husband and he looked at it and smirked. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Well, That's there's kind of an, a, another part to that as well. When this new boyfriend came into the picture he had just gotten out of jail and his mother wanted her to kind of befriend him and then they ended up getting together and um i think that he knowing that i was a relationship expert he wanted me out of her life so he could control her so i saw that coming so that added fuel to the fire And that's part of the ally bucket. You know, once you have an ally bucket, crow doesn't taste good. 
you'd have to go back to all those people and make it right. Right. So your husband doesn't have a relationship with his brother either? No. What did his sister say about all this before she passed away? Before she passed away, uh, we had many talks about it. And she said, uh, and I had to explain it to her. And she said, do whatever you can to try to make this right. And she was on her deathbed before long after that. She died from pancreatic cancer. Mm. And she said, uh, you know, he needs a relationship with his daughter. I said, I agree. He does. But there's nothing I can do to fix it because I'm not going away. And she wanted me to totally get out of the family. Mm. Whether she would admit that or not, she did not want me married to her dad because she was her dad's, so to speak. She thinks she was her dad's best friend. But there's a very different relationship in a daughter-father relationship and a husband-wife relationship. The minute they walked out of that hospital room, when they took her off of life support, everything changed. Her perception became her perspective as I'm going to honor my mother in my view. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, allow my mom to be the only woman mother figure in my life. I'm right. going to honor her. And in order to do that, I have got to knock you off this pedestal, whatever it takes. That's the relational ambivalence. Mm-hmm. But it's also complicated grief. Yeah. That's just, oh, it's horrible. And I don't think it's going to change. The only thing that will change it is her spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. And I think there may come a time in the future when she makes the call and says, can I come talk to you all? And our door will be open at that point. But for now, after 10 years of trying, we made the decision to lock it down. No more communication. If there's any communication, it will come from them toward us. No more happy birthdays, Merry Christmas. Nope. No, no more of that. Because behavior doesn't change until it hurts too bad not to. So with us totally out of the picture, they're either going to be okay with it because of the perspective that they have created mm-hmm. or the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is within them, then the Holy Spirit is letting them know you need to go back and make this right. This is not the behavior that Jesus would show. And that's when they would make the call. If the Holy Spirit is, if they're listening, that's when they'll make the call. And that let's clear this up. We would be happy to have them clear it up. And we would resume as if nothing had ever happened. You know, your sins, as far as the East is from the West, I remember it no more. But, you know, as humans, we remember it. But it just means that I don't count it against you. Right. Just like at Christmas a couple of years ago when I was sitting with her daughter on the couch. It was as if everything was okay. Except my discernment and perception was Mm -hmm. the glare across the room of hatred. Yeah. So that's where it is. We love them. Yet we have let them go. We love them, but we are loving them from afar. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You Mm -hmm. have to recognize toxic relationships. Yes. And I'm so glad that your husband knows who you are. Yes. 
and knows that you would never do anything to hurt his daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in the beginning, he did have questions, yeah. which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But he stood behind you with this. He did. He prayed. He did what I asked him to do: pray and watch. He just assumed in the beginning that I was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're all accountable for our own behavior toward others. And he noticed also, I was not behaving toward her like she was behaving toward me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, and that tells both, the tale. Yes. And we both feel good about the way that we've handled it. We've given them many, many chances. But now it's time for us to say goodbye, hopefully just for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what happens with that in the future. Well, and I know that it's frustrating because there is no resolution. Mm-mm. But sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. That's just life. Yeah. And you can sit there all day and try to force that relationship, and that's not going to help. You can sit there all day and mope and be yeah. sad that the relationship's not there, mm-hmm. and that's not going to help. No. But it's also a sign of prophecy. You know, it has been discussed that these are the things that will happen in the last days. Mm-hmm. Now, last days can be a hundred years. It can be a thousand. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. Right. But it just does say that we need to be the best version of ourselves today, tomorrow, and forever that we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that some things just don't matter that much. There's always a conversation that can be had to clear up anything or to say, I was wrong and I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And then you get to start over. His mercies are new each morning. So don't waste time. And if there's anything I could say to people is don't waste time with this petty stuff. Yeah. Clear it up. But I know a lot of people listening will say, this isn't petty. This is the relationship with his kids, and he's choosing you over them. Yeah, but there is a reason. Yes, I look at it as he's not choosing you over them. He's choosing what's right. He is choosing to not enable their behavior. Right. And that's why I say behavior doesn't change until it hurts too bad not to which means we can't just pat people on the back like Mm -hmm. the brother-in-law pastor did. Right. Now he's in a position that he doesn't have a relationship with his own brother because it was very uncomfortable for him. Right. We're in a waiting period. Yeah. It's the way we see it right now. Allowing them to mature and see things. See, first of all, the truth. And second, to be totally honest in what has happened. Like when we've had conversations with her, she doesn't answer. Mm -hmm. So lies will never prevail in helping anything. Right. You have to be upfront and honest and in your honesty and telling the truth, be kind. Yeah. Those two things go together. Be honest and be kind. And when we can do that, there's not anything we can't work through. Yeah. So so we wait. Yeah. We love them. 
and we're waiting on them. Because if we try to interject at this time, it could cause more damage. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that. Right. And it's a fine line of, do you keep trying to foster that relationship? Mm -hmm. Because you're afraid that they'll say, well, you haven't contacted me in five years. You don't Mm -hmm. care about me. Oh, when they did say that. Oh, really? Yeah. Her husband said, you hadn't had anything to do with our kids in five years. And of course, we're thinking because we were told to stay away. Right. (laughs) And we're going to respect that boundary that you laid down. Do we like it? No. But how in the world, if you don't want anything to do with us, are we going to call and say, we're coming over to see the kids? Right. But they were going to blame everything on y'all. Yes. And so he's in on it too now. Oh, yeah. I think he has been since the beginning. Mm. And that's part of the ally bucket. That crow doesn't taste good. You can't. And if we try to correct things, you got to go back to these people and say, I'm sorry. What I told you was not true. I was mad because my mom died and I tried to get her off the pedestal because I need to honor my mother and her death. Right. That complicated grief, relational ambivalence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe one day I pray that one day it will be okay. And I pray that we have a relationship with the children. And it's possible that once the children become of age over 18, that they will search us out again because they adored us. Yeah. And it's not fair for them not to have the relationship with their grandparents. No, it's not. Everybody's hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're good people. We're not bad people. Right. Yeah, it would be different if you had been abusive to her. Yeah. Growing up or anything like that. But it's just the guilt that she has for loving you mm-hmm. and not loving her mom like she yes. feels like she should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told the, the pastor brother in law said, All I have done is love her. So why are we having this meeting? But he still got in my face, down on one knee, pointed in my face and said, Leave her alone. Wow. Bothered her. Yeah. But the Lord has taken it and used it for his good. Because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've given my testimony or done other podcasts or television shows. And um, people have learned from it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, like with the Nacho Kids thing, we give yeah. the step-parents permission not to love the kids like their own and not to feel like they have to give up their life and play mom to this kid. Yes. Just be kind. Right. They're loving and understanding. Yeah. So even if they just see you as a friend, that's an influence, a positive influence in their lives which will be a soul bond, somebody they really connect with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they don't have to call you mom. No. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Because life is more about what I give than it is about what I get from anybody. Right. I know that as, as a mother, we love to get hugs and kisses and known that, and know that we're important. In their lives. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is that I give them a hug and maybe a kiss and let them know how important they are to me. Right. Do your kids know about all this crap? Yes. Yes. And I'm sure they're not very happy about it. 
no, they're not very happy about it, but they understand. And of course, I think one of my daughters said, mom, what took you so long <laughs> to lay that bo- that boundary out? Yeah. You know, but the thing that I admire about my girls the most is that they still love them as people. Mm-hmm. The stepdaughter is still on my daughter's Facebook page. I think okay. my daughter friended her and I'm okay with that. You know, I think she probably, I think it's a good thing because she probably looks on my daughter's Facebook page to see what's going on in the family. Right. Because she wouldn't have accepted a friendship from her if Mm -hmm. she didn't care to see what was on her page. Right. But the one thing that those two children do know, the stepchildren, is that my girls love me and my husband very, very much, and that we have a very close friendship. Mm-hmm. We talk every week. I keep the grandkids when I can. I would think that it's a relationship that they would like to have with us. And I hope they see that through Facebook or any other means and that they come around and try to correct the bad behaviors. And the bad behaviors can be corrected. But some people think that crow doesn't taste good, and I would rather just abandon the relationship. Yeah. Well, I am so glad that you did this podcast with us because I know a lot of parents and step-parents are dealing with kids that are alienated, kids that are estranged. Yes. And they feel like they can't let go. Mm Mm-hmm. But at some point for your own mental health, you have to let go. And it's not that you quit loving these kids. It's not that you won't welcome them with open arms when they're ready. Mm -hmm. But it's just you have to let go of that toxic relationship that is what it is now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and one of the best things is, is to love them despite who they are or what they're going through is just show that light to them that this is who I am. I'm going to love you despite you not wanting to like me or love me. Or maybe mom is saying you can't like her. Right. So I'm just a friend to you. You know, Mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to be more to me than you're comfortable with because as they get older, and they grow in their sanctification of who they are and their maturity, they're going to see that my stepmom didn't do anything bad to me. Right. You know, she was really a good person. So as they get older, they make their own perspectives about people Mm -hmm. that come from the perception of what I see, that you're loving me anyway. You're not shunning me. You're not giving me the silent treatment because I'm not being nice to you or you're still loving me despite. And mm-hmm. that's what they're going to notice as they grow up and leave home. Right. Right. Well, thank you again for being a guest, Terry. You are very welcome. Um, I've enjoyed talking. It's not always a pleasant subject for me, but I do understand that it's important. And I talk to a lot of my clients about this. Mm-hmm. And it's the same scenario when you've got in-laws. Just yes. 
kind. Life is about who you are because you are a loving, kind, caring, understanding person. It's not about what you get from anybody. Right. Be the best version of you that you can be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're right. It does happen with the in-laws too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let others steal your joy. That's right. And sometimes your own family members. Yes. Exactly. Well, thank you again. And I do hope that there will be some type of resolution, positive changes with this in the future. And I would love to hear back from you. Yeah. When that happens, because I haven't given up. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. y'all haven't either. No, we'll keep praying about it and, and hope that the Lord uh, lays it on their heart to, to have that relationship back. Right. It will really enlighten and brighten their world. And stepping away doesn't mean giving up. No. No. Yeah. Sometimes people need time to mature. They need time to process. Mm -hmm. And when nothing is happening, they can process. When there's continued repair attempts after a number of years, it's time to back up. And, say, yeah. and remember that behavior doesn't change until it hurts too bad not to. So if it hurts that bad for them not to have the relationship, they'll start hurting because they're not hearing anything from you anymore. Right. Whereas if you're constantly in their face, it just right. keeps festering that anger. Yeah. And a good way to understand this is in relationships, there's usually a pursuer and a distancer. So if you continue to pursue that person will continue to walk away. For instance, when I was a little girl, I had two older brothers. And if they were chasing me with a snake, you know, that was back in the days when we played outside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They had a snake because we lived near woods. If they had a snake and they're coming at me with that snake, I will run from them. And they know that I won't play football with them. I won't play baseball with them. I won't do anything that they want me to do as long as they have that snake. But the minute they lay that snake down, I'm going to turn and look and question, is it safe? Mm-hmm. If I feel it's safe, I'm going to engage again. Right. So don't overly pursue if they are constantly running from you. Yeah. Very good advice. Well, thank you again and stay in touch and let us know how things are going. You're welcome. And you stay in touch with me, too. Let me I know will. what's happening in your world. All right. That sounds good. All right. Thank you. Uh Have a a great, blessed day. You too. We have baby Layla with us here and her mother. And we get to babysit baby Layla by ourselves next couple of days. And so I turned Rachel on today. (laughs) If you got small kids, you know who Rachel is. Well, it's funny because Gideon... The first grandchild loves Rachel and the wheels on the bus song. So if he's crying, if you started singing wheels on the bus, he would stop. Baby Layla's is if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> but I'm sitting there looking at this Rachel lady. And I said, she's got to be a millionaire. Oh, yeah. Ethan said, yeah, Chantel and I went through and down the rabbit trail and found out her history, and that's her husband here. And then it showed up, and it said, 
I'm going to ask my stepdad something. I'm like, oh, she's in a step family. Can I get Rachel on our podcast? Probably so. All right, Miss Rachel, we know you're listening. That's right. We need you on our podcast to talk about being in a blend. Yeah, we do. Make us but, happy, and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, Rachel started doing the little videos for her own kids because mm-hmm. she couldn't find videos that she liked for her kids to teach them things. It's kind of like us. We started this because we couldn't find the help we needed when we needed it. Yep. So yep. we're just a smaller version of Rachel. <laughs> Except your wheels on the bus and fell off. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just that, but I give her kudos because that camera is all up in her face and up her nose and everything, and she's still kicking. Well, that just goes to show you, just turn the camera on and do it. It's more <sighs> important. I'm You're, not. You are doing a disservice to the world by not getting on camera. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rachel can give you classes on how to get in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And not care. Well, you made a good point the other day that by me being so self-conscious that it is keeping me from reaching a broader audience because I'm not doing the videos. So I got to do it. Yeah. And when I do it, if you think I'm fat and ugly, you ain't got to watch, but you Hmm. probably want to listen. (laughs) And if you don't like the Southern knees, then... Dumping in Descript or something to read the transcript. <laughs> you can read it in your own language. Although That's it right. is although it is funny when people say, I was gonna do something the other day and I heard Lori's southern twang voice in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Do not do it. That's like the emu, the girl that had the emu that she was on a farm and yeah. she's trying to video this stuff and Emmanuel, the emu would always come into the picture, and she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I do that with the dogs a lot now. Yeah. But that was hilarious. You have to check her out. I think she quit doing it because something about the bird flu, people accused her of lying, and yeah, but it was sad because she was really good doing that. Well, that just goes to show that you know when you do get out there in front of a lot of people, you're going to get some negative feedback and some flack, no matter what you're doing. Oh, I get. I guarantee you, Rachel does. I mean, she's doing stuff for little babies, and you would think there's nothing she's doing that's crazy. But I guarantee you, I promise you, she's getting flack about stuff. Matter of fact, yeah. I know. I know of one thing in particular. She's get flack. She has gotten flack about what? Just some of the people she has on there helping her or had. I, I don't know if that's the yeah. case anymore. Some of the people that she's chosen to help her with her videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of flack and we get a lot of crap and we get a lot of people that will take something that we say and twist it completely to where it sounds like we're saying something horrible. Mm-hmm. That's like the post that I said, if you have one foot out the door, you know, you're not all in. You need to be all in with your relationship. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know is people say, oh, she's promoting staying in domestic abuse relationships. <laughs> yeah, How did you get that, people? Anyway, we're not going to go down that road. That's we're going to save y'all. That's because people hear what you don't say. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Matter of fact, I listened to a podcast not long ago about the two different worlds. You were you were there. Hidden Brain podcast. We're talking about the things that people um, experience and how they're different and things that people say and that you perceive differently. I don't remember. <laughs> it's because you were trying to sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> while we were driving. Okay. But yeah, now it talks about how people live in different realities because of how we hear things and perceive things and run things through our own experiences and perceptions and our own past hurts. Yep. So to somebody who's been in a relationship that's abusive, they could easily read that and that's what they see and hear. But that's not what you're saying. Right. It's very important to really and we say this and it sounds joking, but honestly, don't hear what we're not saying. Right. And two, I, f- I don't feel like that if I post a meme or whatever you call it um, about something that I need to write a paragraph explaining it. Yeah. It's almost like you have to write a whole entire article to explain the one sentence that you put somewhere. Right. Yeah. And but, my thing is, if you have a question, ask. Don't assume. That's another but, rabbit hole. It is. That's not our society nowadays. Mm-mm. Our society is more so people attacking others. Yep. And it's sad. Yeah. So you have to really focus on those people that you're helping, which is why when you guys, when you're listening and you're leaving comments and you're leaving positive reviews on the podcast and you're sending those emails, that makes all the difference in the world because we get the negative constantly. If it weren't for the positive feedback we get, it would be very difficult to continue. Yes, there have been times that those emails have pulled me out of a slump. Oh, yeah. Because we deal with sad stories all day long. And to get that one email that says, thank you for doing what you do. Mm -hmm. It's really helped me. Or whatever. Just thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, It's like, oh, okay. I got to keep doing it. It's it's like it gives you fuel to keep going. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who may often say, how could I support David and Lori? I mean, you can certainly join the Academy, but at the very least, you could just leave a positive review on our mm-hmm. podcast just or send us an email or whatever. But mm-hmm. all that helps. The thing I like about the reviews and, what, and the reason I bring it up so often is because other people read those things and it, and then they decide based on that whether or not they're going to invest in listening to the podcast. And so that's not just your way of giving us a pat on the back and making us feel good, but it's a way of helping others. So you're doing your part to help somebody else get the help they need. Right. So, and I know a lot of people try to support us by going in other step parent groups and they'll bring up the nacho method and then they get attacked and blocked. <laughs> yep. And so they're trying. And we appreciate that. We appreciate everyone that shares the true method mm-hmm. with others to try to give them help and hope. Yep. Because it's great. I mean, we've had so many times where people will post something negative and then all these people jump in and talk about, that's not right. And you don't misunderstand it. And, you know, there's all kind of good stuff. So I, I, we really appreciate it. I know we can't reach out to every single person that does that, but just know that we appreciate it. Right. And I hate that other stepmom coaches try to badmouth Nacho Kids to drum up their own business because they're hurting step families. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. 
Let's end on a positive note. Let's end on a positive note. La, 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 la. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, folks. I think that's all we got for today. All right, cool. Well, then join us again next week when we have another fantastic guest to talk about some cool stuff. Yeah. And until then, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.